Welcome back to another episode of Bricks and Clicks featuring two of the partners and mathematicians from Omnium. They are CPG scientists and analysts and provide strategic counsel to large CPG brands that you probably have in your fridge or pantry right now. Please welcome your hosts, Johnny and Colin. Hey, Lucas. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Doing well. No complaints here. We're excited today to do another episode of Mythbusters, where we're going to bust a myth that Colin and I frequently hear when we're working with various brands. So Colin, you ready? I'm ready. Today's myth is this. We'll make it up in volume. Colin, what do you say to that? Mm. Yeah, so this one, I guess, usually comes up when we're talking about something not being that profitable, maybe, or we have lower margin. It's, all right, well, we'll just sell more. And we'll make it up in volume. Exactly. So what do you say to that when someone brings that up in a conversation? Or how do you handle that type of question when people aren't as focused on their margin and more focused on volume sales? I think like you could make it up in volume sometimes. Uh, The question is, are you actually going to? Yeah. And what we see is like a small margin erosions actually require pretty large makeups in volume. And so maybe if you're a big company, this could work for like small changes. But as as the businesses get smaller and smaller, that uh, that small change in margin has bigger and bigger impact as you grow. For me, the, the margin is such a huge part of your ability to market your product properly. And when you start to take away the ability to do things with margin, well, it's going to be that much harder to make it up in top line. And so what we just see is like you get a low margin item, it's, it's going to be very hard and it gets harder as your margin gets smaller. Yeah, I like the way to put that where your margin is how much you have to invest. And I think a common belief up there is as you get bigger, things are going to get cheaper. You can make it up in scale because you're able to buy more products and manufacture more. But what we see is it also just gets a lot more expensive to go to market the bigger you get, right? If that's shipping it across the country now, there's more freight costs. As you deal with more national retailers, they're going to be more expensive with your trade programs or slotting fees or marketing. As you get bigger, there's going to be an expectation that you're investing more. Mm-hmm. So you're going to you're going to use some of that margin you may gain from having a, a bigger run or bigger volume in terms of your co-pack or your co-manner manufacturing. So you really need that margin to invest. Um, a good question here would be, Johnny, how often do you see margins on products improving? So you come back next year and they're like, hey, good news, everyone. We have five extra points of margin on this product. Assuming pricing doesn't change. Assuming we didn't do pricing or something. It just, I don't know, we had some favorable cost of goods changes or we just got more efficient. I'm trying to think right now over the last few years, we've seen this. I can't recall anyone where that's happened, where we've seen, hey, our cost of goods has just gotten cheaper over time based on our manufacturing facility. And maybe that's because we're working with brands that are bigger. And so they've mm-hmm. already had those gains from size, but I can't think of any right now. Can you? I can't really think of any. I mean, what, what typically happens is you get bigger and now there's more problems that you didn't have when you were smaller. So you just yeah. keep, you keep entering, like you think things are going to get better and they might, but at the same time you enter into a whole new world of new problems and, and you got to spend to fix those. Just echoing that I've seen a, uh, a reverse correlation where you hit that point where it gets cheaper and then starts to get more expensive again, because there are only so many suppliers that you can, they can fulfill your orders the way that you need it to for certain ingredients, if you can even find them. Like Starbucks, it's impossible for them to have the world's best coffee because they just can't produce that much volume to fulfill all their locations. So they need a bean provider and even a a lid provider and a cup provider that can match their requirements around the world. 
Mm-hmm. So you, you do get some ec- uh, economics of scale, but then as it goes up and up, if you've got, got co-packers or suppliers and you're 60% of their, uh, of their annual sales, they want to make sure that if they lose you, there's going to be fine while they recover that business. They have their own margin and requirements to meet as well. If they have to go out mm-hmm. and bring extra staff on just to be able to fulfill your order. You're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Layers and layers of unforeseen costs. And so I think the best assumption is that you're not going to make it up in, in volume. Or the other thing is, okay, could we also have a good margin and get that volume? Let's explore that first. So let's keep the margin and get the volume. Why are we settling for one or the other? Yeah, I think it's a really common question is, hey, what should, we, what should our initial price be? Or how should we price when we're launching a product? And mm-hmm. our fairly strong recommendation is price it at a price or a level where you can make some money on your margin of your product. Don't go too low. I'd rather err on going too high launch at that price. And if it works, well, then great. That's an awesome spot to be in, right? We're at this price where our margin's healthy. And we can then invest to expand and push the product. And we know we can sell at this higher price. And if for some reason we're at the higher spot and we're not happy with our velocities, well, then we have room to invest. We can invest trade program. We could go and run some promotions. We could even lower our list price, which is probably not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can invest trade and run merchandising events in store to, to juice up your velocities over the year, off and on throughout the year. So always err on the side of higher is a a big advice and big recommendation we give. And when we're, I mean, if we're talking about, say, a a new brand going after their first 10 or 100 stores, putting putting a a low price out there with a margin that you're going to have to fix later, it doesn't give you the freedom to really do the things you need to do as a business manager and owner. If you go out there with a price that's high enough that you can do the things you want to do, and even if you're a little bit too high, it's like, okay, those are the first 10 or 100 stores and you make your adjustments and you learn and, and do the things you mentioned, Johnny, to bring price down, promote it or lower the price or something. If you go in too low and you get 10 stores, 100 stores, 1,000 stores, well, now you got some real problems because you're selling a bunch of volume and a margin that's no good and you can't run your business. And you set the price in the marketplace at that low price now, right? So yeah. the next retailer you go to is going to look and be like, hey, where, what's your performance at your current retailer? You're going to show them that lower price and the velocity. They're going to expect that price. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, giving yourself that margin, like you said, lets you remain nimble and you do the things you need to do. So I think this ties really back to one of the sales controllables that we've spoken in the past is merchandising, right? So go in with a strong merchandising plan that you can have the flexibility to adjust. So higher everyday price, higher non-promoted margin, and then have built into your P&L, your trade spend, those trade dollars that you can invest on 10, 12 weeks of promotions throughout the year and offer mm-hmm. that up to the retailer. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that we see? It's also when people are first going into, say, brick and mortar retailers, the idea of trade spend is just very like, wow, like, this is expensive. totally foreign. Yeah. yeah. You tell me I have to spend 15% of my gross sales back with the customer that we talked about in the past. And so, yeah, you got to build that into your P&L when, you, when you're modeling it out. Mm-hmm. Lucas, come on in. And, and coming in from the, the online side of things, you you see a lot of Facebook where their costs are rising, having to pay a lot, a lot of points, whether it's to PayPal, their cost is rising up a half point now to 3.5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, you know, you're playing, paying for storage plus the referral fee. It doesn't just go through the online side of things. It also goes through, or sorry, it doesn't just go through the brick and mortar side of things. You need to build your promotional margin into each item. Mm-hmm. It's even worse, I think, on the online side, yeah. like you end up spending like 25%, whereas 15 would be more than enough for brick and mortar. Well, it's all variable pricing and it's all auction based, which means the price only goes up mm-hmm. because the people will overbid and keep raising that average price for whether it's to acquire a customer, click on your, your branded search term mm-hmm. or run your Amazon ads. 
And you're also competing against Amazon, who's just paying money to themselves. So it's in their best interest to keep driving up your costs. Amazon, the way they set up their business as a retailer, they get to draw from the sales, trade marketing, as well as the marketing, like consumer marketing for search and all that stuff. Typically, that wouldn't go out of your trade budget, it would come out of your marketing budget. But Amazon has got it where you put both into their funnel. And so, like you said, that's where Colin said you get the 25% investment. It's huge. I mean, Amazon is just ridiculously expensive. So mm -hmm. we're always very wary of going into Amazon. Stay away if you can. Even though it's a lot of volume, it's it's very expensive. Yeah. And when you're going to go in, price it right. So go in knowing what those costs are and watching your margin at the end of the day. And if you have to, typically you're creating a special pack or at least a special label for Amazon, that commands, deserves to command a higher price. Like if you're putting in extra work to get this pack ready, you can charge more. And people yeah. are kind of wary of doing that. They think maybe it's not legal or something, but it's like, no, this is, this is a different, something very unique that you have to work hard to get out there. That's a different price. Yeah, you pay more for a bottle of, uh, or a can of liquid death the, at the airport because it's a totally different experience. They have to go through security. They have to send it through more. There's just more costs to sell that product there. Plus, they also know they have a monopoly, and if they want to charge $18 for a small bottle of, of water, you have no choice. Yeah, but a lot of those costs are, are just legitimate costs of doing business. And you bring up a good point, Colin, about Amazon and your item that you sell on Amazon. Mm -hmm. If you can get away with it, have it as a completely different pack. Make it so the Amazon can't easily scrape and look on the internet for comparable items that are selling on walmart.com or target.com or program.com or whatever. Make it very different because that's one of the big differences when you deal with Amazon, say, versus dealing with Walmart in person is you don't have any influence over the retail price, how they work, right? They're just scraping on the internet and seeing what's out there and then pricing at that price. And if they don't make money on it, then you're going to crap out and they're going to come and ask for money. So you're the so crap out means you can't retain a profit. That's the Amazon term for items. And so they'll just turn it off if you do that, or they'll ask for more money and you have no influence over that. So it's, it's a really challenging dynamic. Yeah. So I think to summarize this myth regarding make it up in volume, I would say don't plan on it. It's possible, but don't build it into your plan. Go in with a healthy margin that you can use to invest, try out the higher prices, and use your trade dollars to, to manage velocities and trade promotions as you start selling. Great. Thank you. All right. That sound is the dirty nail, which means we are wrapping it up here over at Bricks and Clicks. If you want to learn a little bit more, head over to omniumcpg.com or just hit that subscribe button.